I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Got it. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. We are at the halfway point, so we'll take a look back on the season and then take a look forward. And to do that, we brought on my man, Travis Thomas, from the Team 980. Travis, how are you? Big Doug, I'm better now that I'm at home with you, my friend. You know, every time I come on your show, I get pumped up and we've been trying to work it out scheduling wise. Football season for both of us is crazy. So now that I'm here, I feel like I'm at home, my friend. I didn't see two and six coming since last we talked, but here we are. In fact, last we talked, I think we were doing like a season preview type thing. Who had something erroneous, like 12 wins? I know he'd like to not be on record on this podcast uh, saying that, but uh, I know he knows that. He knows why. I think you and I were in the same boat where it was like, you know, eight eight wins is disaster city and 10 wins is like right in that wheelhouse where it That's feels right. obtainable. Uh, it doesn't feel obtainable now, Travis. Well, it doesn't feel obtainable. It is obtainable, uh, particularly seven and 10. Um, you know, but that that is the ceiling, right? And I think you and I, as you said, we're looking at that nine and eight, maybe 10 and seven. Uh, I did not see two and six. Now, you have a great memory because I predicted eight and nine, nine and eight. But at this point of the bye week, I figured this team would be at 500. I figured this team would be just kind of treading water. Uh, I, I knew with murderers row of a schedule that they had that we would get to the bye week and just all feel like, oh, thank God, let's take that weight off of our back. Let's get healthy. Let's get the softer part of the schedule going. And then let's get into December where we can really make hay in the division. I still feel as though we can make hay in the division. I still feel as though this is the softer part of the schedule. But I did not see Murderer's Row uh, just taking a pound of flesh out of this team. I mean, two and six is an incredible hole to climb out of. And we're not seeing a ton to encourage us to think there's a lot of wins coming. But, I mean, look, you know this as well as I do. And I talked about this on the show. That extra wild card, that seventh spot. Right now, if the playoffs started today, which they don't, I understand that. But there's a lot of three and five a lot of three and six. So you just have to figure out a way to get some wins. And to use that cliche, Big Doug, you know, they had to take it a week at a time. But if they can do that and you can get to December, it could get interesting, brother. It could. Maybe seven and ten does get you in. Does this what? team get to seven and ten? I don't know. We were one and five this time last year. And Ron Rivera was telling anybody that would listen you know, we went for two in the Giants game because we're out here trying to win some football games and go for the division. It does not feel like that this year. Ron is not the same Ron Rivera talking about, come on, we got a division to win. Now, I get that this is a different Cowboys team. The division is set up a little differently. Uh, but very surprising the different tone and tenor that Ron had last year compared to this year. Are you surprised by that? I am very surprised. I've been surprised by Ron all season. And to me... I almost get uh, that this team is different because there's no identity. So I understand that. Last year, even though they were struggling, the defense was playing well, and they were just, you know, 
like a bloody nose team. They were just a lunch pail team. They felt that way. In watching the games, you felt that. This team took on Ron's toughness and persona. We all know what he was dealing with. And I just always felt as though, like all of us, if the offense can just figure it out or just take the step. And at that time, I thought it would be Dwayne Haskins. We know the rest of that story. But it almost just always felt like they were a step behind on the offensive side. And if that could come together, boy, you had a team. I think the issue this year is it's too helter-skelter for both. The offense in the beginning of the season looked like, okay, we got something cooking here, but the defense struggled. Now, lately, the defense has been playing better, but the offense has regressed. That's why we can't put our arms around it as fans and media members, but Ron, oh my God. I mean, this guy gives me more mixed messages. I can't even take it. What are we doing, Ron? He First, he tells you, well, you know, you almost wish you didn't make the playoffs, so the expectations weren't there. This is a rebuild I've never year. heard a coach ever say that before in my life. I've what? A lot of and by the way, Big Doug, let's, let's just keep it real. If, we're, if it were a rebuild year, and that's the way he really felt, because you know it's BS. But let's, let's stay with that and say that's how he felt. You keep Heineke, you keep Allen, and you draft a quarterback to develop, Right. None of us would have said it. We would have been a little confused because you were in the playoffs, but we would have rolled with it. And Ron, we trust, especially for that young quarterback. We would have watched that. But for me to go out, just the fact that you sign Ryan Fitzpatrick and you look us in our eyes and say, we're close, guys. We need better play at this position to get us over the, the hump. And then he gets hurt. Heineke struggles. Your defense, your defense, Ron, stinks to start the season. And then you tell me it's a rebuild year? I call BS on that. And he said several quotes. How about after the Green Bay game when he said Taylor Heineke played great? I mean, what? Did you – this guy, he left two touchdowns on the board. You're not going to hold him accountable? Or the Hail Mary after the Denver game that he threw out of bounds? Has the market surprised Ron? Is the coverage uh, by DC media a, a major upgrade? Not the right word, but more aggressive than the treatment he got in Charlotte. Well, well, yes. The answer to that's yes. Surprised? I don't think so. I don't know how you could come to this town and not expect that. What I think happened that's different here than it is in Charlotte is Ron. Even though it was a losing record, he still made the playoffs. And I think Ron, in his mind, thought, I have some equity here. I have some sweat equity built up with the media. They're not going to give me a hard time and try to run me out of here if we struggle. Patience. That's why he preaches that, right? Patience and blah, blah, blah. The difference is, if he took that Carolina team to the playoffs, he probably did have sweat equity for a season or two until the Wolves came out, right? Um, But this isn't Charlotte. And in D.C. and New York and Philly and L.A. and Miami and places like that, you are judged, forget year to year, brother. You're judged game to game. You're judged week to week. Don't be mad at us because your team's underachieving. You got to get them prepared. You got to get them ready. That's why I'm excited for the second half of the season because – not just the players. The second half of the season is going to tell me a lot about Ron Rivera. This team could quit on him, Big Doug. I don't think they will, 
But if they do, that would be so telling if they start losing these games and they just lay down. Well, how about this? I've been asking a bunch of the beat guys and I've got mixed opinions. I know you talk to people, maybe you know. How much of last year was actually Ron and how much of it was actually Jack Del Rio? You know, because of reasons that we all know and for reasons that are certainly acceptable and understandable, Ron went there a whole ton and needed some help getting through the year. Was last year a Jack Del Rio team and this is a Ron Rivera team or no? Your thoughts. It's a fair question. And I think it's a moot point because neither one of them are getting getting it done this season anyways. I mean, Jack Del Rio can't adjust or change on the fly to save his ass. And so even though the defense is playing better, who do you give credit to, Jack or Ron? Or I, I have no idea, but I know this. Jack Del Rio never talks. He never gives you anything. When he does talk to the media, it's filled with cliches and one-liners, and he just hates the media, and that's fine. You don't give us sound bites anyway. We don't like you much either. But here was one telling thing. As the Landon Collins saga has played out all season long, and now we see he's in the right position, which all of us have been saying he should be playing linebacker anyway, but that's another topic for another podcast. So sure enough, as that saga's playing out, there were a couple weeks there, Big Doug, and I did this on my show. There were a couple weeks where the only time Jack Del Rio gave you anything was when the reporters, the beat reporters would say to him within the question, hey, Ron Rivera was quoted as saying X, Y, and Z about Landon Collins. Jack Del Rio kind of smug and just goes, oh, is that right? Well, you know, uh, I, I talk about the unit. I don't talk about individual players. So if you guys want that, go to Ron. And I thought, well, there we go. That was the first inkling to me because I had heard rumblings about what you're saying, but I just, you know, none of these guys talk. It's like the mob, Big Doug. So, I, you know, until I heard that, that was my first inclination that, okay, maybe there is a little friction between these two guys. And we know they're friends. People have called for Del Rio's head. Uh, Ron seems loyal almost to a fault, maybe. So I, I, I wonder if there is a little friction there. And look, Jack Del Rio makes no uh, mistake or, or secret about wanting to be a head coach in the league again. So you have egos involved too, brother. And you know how that goes. We're talking to Travis Thomas, who hosts the Travis Thomas Experience Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on Team 980. Has the, has the league passed them by? I mean, that's another question that gets brought up quite often now. It, is Ron a forward enough thinker to get through? I, I, I personally like Scott Turner. I think he's a forward thinker. Yep. I have a hard time convincing the fan base that Scott Turner is a forward thinker and a good offensive play caller. Uh, what do the fans say that call into your radio show about Scott Turner and the offense? Because well, let me just say this for you answer. Before the season starts, can I interest you in an offense that has Curtis Samuels, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Brown, you know, Logan Thomas, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a healthy Antonio Gibson. Uh, guess what? That is not the team that we rolled out since basically week one. So what are the, what are the fans thinking? Do you think they're, is fair assessment of the offensive coordinator. Well, first of all, to me, I think everything you named is the reason Scott Turner will be back, will be retained, will have another opportunity because of the injuries. Um, it's not an excuse. Every team is hurting the league. Hell, brother, this weekend, we watched the Titans win a game without Thanos, a.k.a. Derrick Henry. 
We watched, how about the Cardinals win a game without two of their best players and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. This is the NFL. Everyone's hurt. And it's a longer season than ever in history. So the injuries will continue to mount up. But I do think Scott Turner in a lot of ways has a built-in excuse to say, hey, listen, we were hurt. Let me get all my toys. Let me show you what we, you know, what we can do if we're fully healthy. As far as Del Rio and even Ron to a certain extent, I am still waiting to see. That's why I, I'm telling you, the second half of the season, I'm, a, I'm almost watching the coaching staff more than the players at this point because I've got to just see some – I have to see you be willing to evolve. Just be willing. Just, just how about you blitz more? Or instead of blitzing more, why don't you show blitz and back off? How, we just need more exotic looks on defense. We're such a base defense. And it's this mentality, old school, of this is our system. You guys need to execute it. That's why we heard that ad nauseum from Ron this season, right? After every game, what was he saying? Maturity, gap integrity, do your job. We see him call out Chase Young during the bye week. I mean, to me, if I don't see Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, and the defensive side of the ball make adjustments on the fly, make adjustments in the second half, show different looks, show different things, especially now with the injury to Montez, then I will feel personally more like the game is passing by. But as far as my callers, big dub. They want everyone out of here. Two and six, they want you to fire Ron. They want Del Rio. They want Turner. They want Heineke. They want everyone fly. They want everyone out of here. I mean, there's not a player other than Terry McLaurin that's safe. I've even heard people say trade Chase Young, he's a bust. I mean, they've turned on everyone, brother. It uh, is systemic from losing. And you know that. I mean, there's nothing worse than losing at, at, for everybody's job. I mean, how much easier and better is your job if this is a winning football team? Yeah. And, and I asked that to get to this question. I'm, I'm curious, where does D.C. fit in as far as sports towns go? Oh, I've said for years – it is an underrated sports town. I'll tell you why. I think a lot of times when we talk about sports towns, and we know them, Detroit, Boston, Chicago, L.A., um, New York, Philly, all rightfully so. Been all those cities, love them all. They are fantastic sports towns. They are. But D.C. is underrated. People think of D.C., they think politics, right? They think everything but sports sometimes. But the reality is, all the pro teams, all the college teams, premier high school programs. Um, I mean, to, uh, great fans. Now, we do have transient fans, but so do all those cities. Outside of maybe Boston. Boston feels like very much homegrown. But a lot of those cities I named are transient. You, you have fans who are from D.C. that stayed and still rock with their team. But you have fans that come in of other places. And there's plenty of sports bars to go to. There's plenty of pro and college and high school games to go to and enjoy sports if you want. So to me, I've always felt like uh, D.C. is an underrated sports town, and we belong, in my opinion, in that top 10. I don't care if teams are winning or losing around here. By the way, we've had championships around here. Do we need to talk about caps and nationals? So, I mean, to me, I just – and mystics as well. So to me, I look at D.C., it should be on everybody's top 10 – of uh, sports cities in America. And if it's not, you're not paying attention. 
and and you can and you start to see a little bit too. There's a there's a huge buzz for the early Wiz teams, you know, huge buzz, and, and all that took was uh, you know some winning. Who? How are you, my friend? I'm good. Another Monday. Another What's Monday. Up, big dog. What's happening? What's going on? You missed my rap analogy earlier. <laughs> I'm gonna catch it. I'm gonna catch it on the replay. Hey, you, don't worry about it. I'll tell you right now. I told Big Doug I'm the most underrated. I said, yo, I don't have any Grammys. I don't have any platinum plaques. But everybody knows when they talk in the barbershops and they talk that real, they say, man, that Travis Thomas experience is the one right there, man. Nobody <laughs> talks about it. There it is. Who I saw that you tweeted the other day, and I waited for you specifically for this, mm -hmm. uh, that it is uh, soup season. Absolutely. It, it is soup season. So in honor of you, I made my top five soup list. Okay. Okay. There we go. Tomato soup. Number that one. Is, that is nowhere on my, that is nowhere on my list. <laughs> Clam chowder, number two on my soup list. Cream-based or tomato-based? I prefer, well, there's only one clam chowder, and that's the cream-based. There we go. Okay. Okay. Italian wedding soup comes in at number three. What's in that? Is that minstrel? Is that like minstrel? It's got like a straw. It's got a small noodle. It is more of a clear broth, and it's got some um, sausage in it. Okay. That sounds got good. got sausage in there. If you haven't had that one, got to peep that one out. I got broccoli and cheddar, Ooh. number four on Big Doug's soup list. Okay, okay. It's respectable. And then I round out the top five with French onion soup. Oh, really? Okay. If, if done properly, French onion soup. That's, that's an that's a, that's a okay soup list. That's an okay soup list. I, need, <laughs> I, need I have more. put you on the spot. It did not prepare you beforehand. What soups am I missing? Oh, um, you you missing uh, like a bisque, either lobster bisque or uh, you know uh, uh, butter butternut. Well, squash. While you're thinking of your soups, I'll let Travis know. Uh, Poo is like a food foodie aficionado who, see. who hopes to make <laughs> Master Chef when he retires from hip hop fully. I oh, see. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he goes lobster bisque right out of the gate, I was like, oh, you fancy, huh? <laughs> Listen, I, I made I made lobster bisque one time. I made it last year. Um, my wife wanted it for her birthday. And obviously we weren't going out to eat. So I actually made it. It was delicious. It got there was no leftovers. Um, it's a tedious. It's only tedious because you're working with lobster. But it's, you know, it's, it's some steps to it. But in order to get that flavor, develop that flavor, you got to take them steps and let it cook a little Bro, bit. Bro, is, is that why you hate on tomato soup? Is it too basic for you? It's too acidic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tomato, toma I mean, I'm not a tomato fan anyway. I used to lie and say I was allergic to tomatoes. I'm not. But uh, I, it, it's, it's nothing there. It's like it's a lot of acid. It's, you know, it's decent with a cream cheese, but. You know, well, I like to be able to dip my my grilled cheese in the tomatoes. That's right. Yeah. Which, also, which also don't hate me, but appreciate if you use mayonnaise instead of butter on your grilled cheese sandwich, it will never burn. I've never heard that. Interesting. I know that. That's I'm not gonna stuff. 
I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to say that sounds strange, but. <laughs> very, very. I thought the same thing. My mother-in-law freaked me with the mayonnaise on this grilled cheese one day. Never done it back. I'm not going to knock it till I try it. I will try it. And then I will send you a message and tell I'm gonna you. Yeah. I'm going to try it. I, I mean, golden, I didn't know. Golden every time. I didn't know people was putting mayo in cakes till I saw a commercial about it. So <laughs> I'll try it. By the way, underrated, much like me, my friends, chicken noodle soup. People get sick. What do they yeah. go to? The homemade, you got it homemade. Home though. Right. That's that's actually what I had last night with some chicken noodle soup. See? With some carrots. What kind um, of mushrooms? What kind of noodle are you using in your chicken? Noodle? Uh it, it was egg noodles got used last night. I like, see, I prefer the egg noodle. Yeah, now, egg noodle. Now I'm a Maryland boy. So I just want to interject here with my one seed, which is Maryland crab soup. That's the she okay. crab soup, right? She crab. Yep. Lots of yep, lots of chunks of crab in that. Then I'll go chicken noodle too. I'm with you, Big Doug. I'll go tomato. And then everything after that is a waste of time for me. I'm not a soup guy. That's my top three. I don't deviate out of that. <laughs> I could do chowder with the cream, but really it's just those top three and heavy rotation for me. I dig it. Now, I had planned on watching a bunch of football yesterday. I, I got to tell you that we got into the TV show Dope Sick, and I didn't watch nearly enough of the football. Have you watched the Dope Sick yet? No, I but I've, I've read the book. I actually got it on my bookshelf. So interesting tidbit about Dope Sick. Um, in the book is uh, 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 parts of the book is about my brother who is currently in prison um for the selling of narcotics and the author of the book dope sick beth macy interviewed my brother for the book that wow. preceded the movie and i was also interviewed so i'm in the book as well wow and i i randomly saw i was scrolling through hulu and i saw the the show and i texted her and was like oh i see they made the book into a show congratulations so we just talked briefly about it but so i read the book I'm very interested to see how it translated over to to the show. Well, I didn't I didn't read the book, but I, the show is incredible. I think there's two episodes left this Wednesday. Okay. And following Wednesday, but it's getting good reviews too that I've seen. I just haven't watched it yet. Incredible. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Everybody I know who's seen it said it's 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 an awesome show. So I know the book was awesome. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the show. And and also just the whole thing, just so sad and ridiculous yes. and yeah. and unfathomable on so many levels and yet so predictably american yeah it's, it's all about that money baby systemic it's all, about, it's all about that green big doug used that word earlier systemic absolutely yeah all right let's get back a little bit of football the uh if i said to you what's the bigger surprise and who will stop with you start with you Washington football team or the Kansas City Chiefs? Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I thought with a rebuilt line that they would be right back to where they were um, prior to the playoff, the last playoff game and the Super Bowl uh, game that they had. Uh, Mahomes is, we think, healthy. Um, has his usual suspects of, you know, weapons out there. And they rebuilt the offensive line. They rebuilt, like, I think it's all five new starters on the line. So I thought that 
they would be right back to where they were the past two seasons prior to the Super Bowl game. And to see them floundering like they've been floundering, like if Aaron Rodgers would have played yesterday, they wouldn't have won that game. <laughs> like it, pretty simple. Like, and they still should have lost with Jordan Love. So just seeing them look like a shell of themselves on offense. I mean, the defense always been bad, but just seeing, you know, they you used to have to outscore Kansas City. Now you're just waiting for the mistakes to happen. So I'm more surprised by that. Like even with Washington, I thought Washington was going to be a lot better than what they are, but I had higher hopes and aspirations for the Kansas City team than I did the Washington team. It's a fair, it's a fair point. For me, it's actually Washington. So I'm glad you went to Chiefs because I never thought. I didn't think the Chiefs would struggle the way they have because of the Chiefs. I just thought they would come back to earth a little bit because of the improvement of the Chargers within the division, because of the improvement of the Raiders within the division. And I was really high on the Broncos when Teddy Bridgewater went there because I always thought the Broncos' defense was there. They Denver almost felt like AFC West version of Washington football team to me. They were just a quarterback away. And I'm not talking a world beater at quarterback. I'm talking about someone that can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time that plays quarterback. And I thought Teddy Bridgewater represented that. I wanted him here, to be honest with you, in Washington. So I thought that all those teams improving would just make Kansas City come back to earth a little. I still thought they'd win the division. By the way, they still may. But I just thought the division was much more improved And that's what would make them, uh, you know, look a little human. The Washington football team to me, particularly is struggles on defense and particularly, and, you know, we talked about this, Big Doug and I, before you got in, this coaching staff's inability to to change and uh, make adjustments for second halves and audible and, you know, playing guys out of position and not playing certain guys. And I mean, what the hell's going on? I didn't see that coming. I always, I never felt like even with Fitzpatrick, Heineke, Allen, I didn't care who it was. I never thought this offense was going to be the greatest show on turf, but I thought the defense would carry you. And that's been my biggest shot that this defense has been trash. And it's one of the reasons they're two and six. Now they are playing better lately and maybe they can turn around in the second half. But to me, uh, that's the Chiefs. I just thought would come back to earth a little. The Washington football team, at least the first part of the season, have been bad. I didn't see that coming. Now I'm I'm, I'm not out on Ron yet. I'm, I'm not one of them one of them fans who already done jump ship on Ron. But I will say this: Doug has been saying this for weeks. There's something funky going on with this coaching staff. Yes, because last year, it's you know Ron was sick. Yep. You know, Del Rio had to take more of the, you know, lead role going on. And you saw changes a lot faster with Del Rio. Yeah. He would he would move players around a lot faster than what you're seeing. Ron is the is the more wait and see and let's figure it out. And and, and it's like they're slow to make changes, like the, the Landon Collins change. Like it should have happened in the offseason. <laughs> like we all knew if we know. That means offensive coordinators know that he's weakest playing deep zone. He's weakest in coverage. And for the first four to five weeks, 
when he was primarily as you know playing safety in that position, you saw coordinators target him. Like they will always seek him out, and then that's who they they targeted. So it's something funky going on with that coaching staff, and it's going to be interesting in the offseason, regardless of where Washington finished the season. But it's going to be interesting in the offseason to see what happens, what kind of turnover happens with that coaching staff, because it has to happen. Like something isn't connecting there. It, it, it's 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 all going sideways, and, and they have to get that figured out. Del, Del Rio's going to be gone. Scott yep. Turner's going to stay. And Ron's going to be on the hot seat. That's what's going to happen unless you see, you know, obviously, uh, and, and Big Doug, we talked about this. If you see a run in the second half and they can get to a 7-10, and 10, which, by the way, maybe get you a, a seventh playoff seed or close to it, that wild card. But, you know, unless you see that kind of run, if this – I think all of us watching feels like this could be a four or five win team. If that happens, Ron will be on the hot seat. I think Del Rio's out. Ben, you know, I talked to Benjamin Albright last week. He said because they're already looking at head coaching options out there in Denver because he's gone. Uh, they ex- he expects – the league expects that Turner will get several head coaching – interviews not that they expect him to get one but again i I say we say this all the time i say this all the time uh our fan base doesn't i don't think sees turner in the way that the the national nfl sees him and he's going to get looks how about this i was doing a twitter space last week if you guys haven't done those those are kind of cool to to host um it reminds me a bit of calling in for a radio show i asked last week if if they if they reset the rosters and you could pick anybody first. Uh, let's put it on a, on a four-year plan. Who are you picking first if you had your pick of any player in the NFL? Travis, let's start with you. Oh, any – I thought you meant someone on the Washington football team. Any player yeah, in the NFL? The sets for Madden style. We're doing a, a – Wow. We're doing a new draft. You could pick any player in the league. That's yours. <laughs> four-year plan. Who you got? I'll be honest. It might surprise you guys. This Lamar Jackson kid, man, is he is so unbelievable. I I'll, I'll give you an example. And I, I mean, it, it's it's not really that hard. We all watch the game. But I'm watching that Vikings Ravens game from Sunday. And the Vikings did everything to win that game. Everything. They ran the ball effectively. Kirk Cousins wasn't great, but he was fine. He's Kirk Cousins. He was efficient. The defense made plays. The coaching was there. And the only difference in the game was Lamar Jackson. He just, I used a baseball analogy where I said, you know, I don't think the Ravens are even that good. They're decimated by injuries, just like our football team is. But they have their their fastball. They have one pitch. Their fastball is Lamar Jackson is so special. And in that game with the Vikings, That was the difference. He turned the ball over. He wasn't great. But in the moments, you just needed him to be Superman. He was. Kirk Cousins is not capable of doing that. It's not a knock against Kirk. He's a very good quarterback. But he ain't special. He doesn't have that it. I think there are so many great players in the league. And my mind goes to so many great players. But there's that. And you know this from music. When they say... You can't even quantify. What is it that makes Drake great, right? No one knows. It's it. It's just something. What what is it that makes so-and-so great? Sometimes guys don't have the bars. Maybe they can do melodies. 
sometimes, you know, a producer has a certain sound, but it, it's just that it. Lamar Jackson has that it for that. He would be my pick, especially if it's a four-year plan, because I see him getting better every year in the pocket. If I could surround that guy with the necessary weapons, watch out. Lamar Jackson's my pick. That's actually a pretty, pretty, pretty good one right there. Uh, for sake of the show, I won't pick Lamar as well. Um, I would probably still go with Patrick Mahomes, and 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 I'll tell you why. I think in another system, obviously he's been great in Andy Reid's system, right? But the one problem Andy Reid's system has always had is Andy Reid hates to run the ball. He loves to toss the ball around. Yeah, And I think this season in particular, that's failing Patrick Mahomes. I think they needed to reel it in a little bit. So I think with a different system, possibly, you won't have the wild Patrick Mahomes turnovers that you're having this year. Right. But Patrick Mahomes is going to make anybody out there better. He knows where to put the ball. He's going to deliver it to you. He's going to get it to you on time. He's going to make them unbelievable plays. Yes, you're going to have to deal with some turnovers every now and again, as you will with anybody. But he is so special with that ball in his hands. And this year in particular, I think Andy Reid is failing Patrick Mahomes more than Patrick Mahomes is failing Andy Reid. So I would, I would still – I would go Patrick Mahomes. Well, and it's crazy to think uh... – Patrick has said he didn't even learn how to read defenses till last year. And if you look, his turnover-worthy plays the last two years, I mean, super high, just super lucky, too. And he hadn't had that luck this year. Uh, he's still an incredible talent. For four years, I'd still take Aaron Rodgers. I think he's still the best quarterback on the planet. And I don't know how – Lamar Jackson would be a very close to because I think you're right. It, it's hard to put into words what he could do. I also think, Pooh, it's funny because when I did that, poll the other day or you know people came on we we got a ton of um jackson's got a lot of rogers got a mm-hmm. couple of herberts mm-hmm. um and, and not really any mahomes and i and i and i said you know recency bias is such a thing you absolutely I mean? you asked that last year or the year before and people are lining up to ridicule you if you don't say mahomes uh but absolutely of, and we had a couple of russell wilson's too that Russell Wilson thing is going to be interesting. When I talked to Albright, he said that that's a real thing and he wants out or he wants them to totally change the change, the uh, coaching staff in the front office. So that uh, th- there's a couple of storylines in the off season. I think will be really interesting. That Russell Wilson is one of them. He ain't going anywhere, brother. Pete Carroll's out of there. You can believe that. And by the way, who <laughs> um, I think you're going to get your wish with Mahomes. I look, I, you know, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. We all seen it. Uh, Andy Reid's having some health issues recently. Uh, that they're, they're struggling the way they are this season. I would not be surprised at all if at the end of the season, especially if they don't make or if they barely make the playoffs and they're one and done, which is very uh, – we could all see that. That's very feasible. I could see the Chiefs being a, a class organization, sitting down in a room with everyone involved, Andy Reid possibly going to like a front office type consultant role. He's still involved with the team. Uh, and Eric Bieniemy taking over as that head coach. And then it's just a matter of, you know, is Eric Bieniemy going to run the ball? You certainly think that he would. Um, I, I think we may be closer to seeing Mahomes in a more traditionalist style offense uh, than any of us realize. Yeah, I mean, they because 
it's so funny. I was doing this exercise as I was watching games last night. I was thinking about if I was head coach of a team, what kind of offense would I want to run? As I'm watching all of these spreads out, go out of whack yesterday, <laughs> right? Like these are some crazy games yesterday. So I'm just like, what kind of offense would you run? And and, I, and for me personally, I would run something more akin to what Kevin Stefanski runs in Cleveland. Yep. I like that. I mean, you know, a little bit more passing, but I like that attack. And so I'm just like, if you take a Patrick Mahomes, like I said, and you just, if they're passing like 80-20, right, passing the running out there, if you bring that down to about 70, yeah, just that little bit, totally different team. Totally you know different offense. Pooh and I have similar tastes. I, I want to get your thoughts here too, Big Doug, on this. I completely agree about Stefanski. I'll give you another one, though. Frank Reich is another one uh, in mm-hmm. Indy that's very similar, a good balance. They like to throw the ball, but they will run the ball down your face, too, and they really prefer to do that. I think that's how Stefanski is, too. He wants to establish the run and, and, and then work in the pass to complement the run. But those two, when you said Stefanski, my mind went to Frank Reich, too, because they're very similar in their play calling. I, I like that answer. I think Reich would be mine as well. Who do you like, Big Doug, in terms of play calling in this league? Well, I'll say this. I, I like the guys that game plan for who's on the roster. That's what I like. When, yeah. when they asked the Staley, the head coach for the Chargers, about yep. that 34 defense that, that they love to run under yep. Fangio, will they be doing that? He says – before the season starts, says, I don't know because I haven't really studied the players on my team yet. Right. What they do well. Right. Yeah, you mentioned two offenses there, the one in Indy and the one in Cleveland. You know what they got? They got Nick Chubb on one and they got Jonathan Taylor on the other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I would have run the ball too if I got Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. But, or but, 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 but you got to – that Cleveland, Stephen, Kevin Stefanski, what made me a believer believer, Nick Chubb was hurt. Kareem Hunt was hurt. Thank you. Yeah. They brought in the Ernest Forrest, and he still got loose. Well, he looked like that, Nick Chubb. That's that outside uh, zone, right, from the no. Shanahan system, and that's Stefanski. Let me make it simple. Let me make it more simple. It's something we don't know about around here in Washington. It's called a commitment to the run. That's what it's called. You, you know, and you can even see the reason why I like them offenses. It's a commitment to the run, but I also like them offenses because they move the pocket a lot. Yes. And you saw that if you saw the game last night, the Rams were doing nothing in the first half, doing straight drop back. Soon as they started moving the pocket and moving Stafford around in the pocket, what happens? Yep. Receivers get open. He has time to throw the ball. They just weren't running enough for it to be effective that whole second half. But when you run the ball, and then you move the pocket, it's going to be big plays open. Yeah. Like, Cleveland will probably have more big plays if, you know, the OBJ thing worked out, if Landry didn't get hurt. Like, they, they keep getting injured out there. But I like them offenses because they control the clock, and they ground and pound, so they're wearing out the defensive line in a whole different way. Basically how Dallas used to play until right. Dak showed he could throw for 400 yards a game, and now right. that's – all Mike McCarthy wants to do. But that type of offense limits your defensive exposure. Yep. It, you can make it amendable to whatever type of players you have. If you have a good running game, 
if you have a decent running game, if you have an offensive line that run blocks better than they pass, like you don't need a world beater at quarterback. You just need somebody who's not going to turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. So all those different things with that type of offense, you can you can light it up. It's yeah. just people want to they want to be flashy now. They want to do the you know they quarterback and throw for five thousand yards in the season and and all these different things and you know everybody isn't built for that. Right, every team isn't built for that. I want to talk a little bit of Wizards before we get out of here, uh, but I want to finish the Washington stuff with this. But what will you be looking for for the rest of this season? Effort. You helping all all losses for draft picks. You, I mean, I, effort seems reasonable. Effort. There's no clear cut. You know, top of the draft pick that we need. Uh, we need a quarterback. <laughs> we need some DBs. Uh, we need uh, linebackers. Linebackers. Um, but I don't. I think they need a veteran linebacker. So they need to attack free agency for that. Um, it looks like Ron is probably going to end up going veteran for quarterback. Um, so they're going to be seeing how these things play out because I was just reading something earlier where it says Ron doesn't, unless he thinks the rookie court, the rookie quarterback is a difference maker like Cam Newton was when he first came in, he's not going to play him. So I think veteran is the way they're going to try to go again. So I, all I'm looking for is effort at this point. I just I just want to see them play with effort. I want to see them not make the same mistakes that they continuously, you know, make, uh, which we haven't been seeing the big 40-yard gashes down, you know, the, the seam of the field. So I, I just want to see them play with effort. I want to see them look like they're actually playing together. Right. And because we – I just saw I think Sweat is going to be out for the next month. Yep. So we, we got Chase Young. Hey, man. We're we looking for some improvement. So I just want to see improvement. I want to see growth, and I want to see effort like they showed last year. We, we've, been waiting, we've been waiting on Chase Young, brother. I, I, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. Effort is obviously a big one because you want to see if Ron can keep this team fighting, too. That's a big part of it. If he loses the pulse of the team, uh, he's going to be on that hot seat faster than all of us think. I, look, for me, I'll go identity. Um, you know, I alluded to it earlier, and in talking about teams that run the ball, it actually ticks me off more because, yes, we don't have a Derrick Henry. No, we don't have a Nick Chubb. That's fine. But we have three capable running backs. I don't understand other teams that have – here's that phrase again, guys – a commitment to the run. They'll run the ball – by committee and they'll run it effectively. I just, for the life of me, I can't understand why this team refuses to run Antonio Gibson, McKissick and Patterson consistently, and then just ask Heineke to be special every now and again on a third and six, third and seven, use your legs, use that gamer, use that gunslinger side of you that we all have seen in flashes anyways, if you're asking him to do it less, I think he could be more effective. The problem is they're asking him to go out here and be someone he's not. And he's thrown it 40 times a game. To me, I would like to see an identity on offense, preferably running the ball, and then an identity on defense too. If it's at front four, like we all thought, then they got to show up and show out in the second half. So I need an identity on the football team because right now they're in an identity crisis. Scott Turner needs to call games like his father used to when he was in Dallas with 
Emmett. Could, because with, with a quarterback like Heineke, if you ran an offense that was similar to yes. the offenses we were speaking of, like the ones in Indianapolis, the ones in Cleveland, with that type of quarterback, I think they would be a lot more effective. Thank you. They would be a lot more effective because you limit, you open up some of those throwing windows for him, you limit some of the mistakes, right. and you just you minimize him going, you know, you minimize his arm, his lack of arm strength. Think about how much that. better Terry would be too. Right. And he's been playing awesome every other game. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. All right, we're uh, we're back to basketball season. It feels like basketball season just wrapped up. It's got to be the longest season uh, that there is. But Tommy Shepard should be the executive of the year. I mean, the job he's done in two years, I don't know how you go from an untradeable contract in John Wall. They said it was untradeable. He got Russell Westbrook, whose contract they said was untradeable. And he flipped that. For three guys that, I mean, are being really, really effective. I, I mean, they have been so good this year that it almost makes you believe like you could trade away Beal for assets and, and still be in, in the hunt to winning games, seven and three. And the coaching, can, could, I, uh, could I interest you in a team that plays defense <laughs> and makes adjustments in game? Would you like that? You've got that. Would we'll love it. Seven and three, unbelievable. Tell me that we aren't looking at executive of the year and coach of the year. I know Woo. it's early. Woo. Woo. That's bold. <laughs> I mean, look, Tommy deserves a lot of credit uh, for everything you just named. Um, but when he got the job, people thought, you know, we'll see what this guy could do. It's his time now. No excuses. And he's making things happen. Um, look, I thought the win against the Bucks was the most telling for me because I needed to see them against that caliber of a team and then to win with the formula you just said, which is a new formula. Uh, I, I still can't believe that I turn on a Wizards game and I see set plays. It's, it, it's just so exciting and refreshing to me to see set plays on offense or playing defense. Uh, I love what Wes Unsell Jr. has done to beat the Bucks. The way they did with defense, with discipline, with coaching. Uh, It's a very exciting time to be a Wizards fan right now, but I do not think that they need to trade Bradley Beal. I don't think right now that should be uh, on anyone's mind. I I think we have to see, and here's why, to me. I think now there's no excuses for Brad. What I mean is you have to remember how he came up. He was under the John Wall shadow forever. And the question was, is he a two? Who is this guy? Is he is he robbing the Batman? We don't know. As we know the history, John started getting hurt. Brad started ascending. The conversation changed. Well, wait a minute. Is he Batman? Now, forever the excuse was, well, John's hurt. This team's not deep. The coach, Scott Brooks, all those things are gone. This is your team. This is your city. You're the leader. You have a coach. They have a deep team. They're the Los Angeles Wizards, right? We took all those Laker players, but they're playing. I, I love Trez. I love Kuzma. They're all fantastic. Um, he has talent. I'm not acting like, you know, this is the 72-win Bulls or anything, but he has pretty good talent around him. He has a point guard that works with him. They're friends. No excuses for Brad. So I want to see what he can do with that before I start thinking of moving them and getting assets. Let me see him with these guys because now he has a supporting cast. By the way, 
What are we seeing still from Brad consistently? He is not good late in games, brother. He is turning the ball over. He makes bad decisions. So I, the, that, that's what I'm saying. Before we move him, I need to see everything before I sign off and, on trading. And I'm not suggesting not. we should move him. It just felt like you could have never done that before. Right. And the, and the quality of player they've added to the roster just makes it feel like it's conceivable. I wouldn't do listen. It. Brad isn't going anywhere. Okay. Him, him and Tommy, right. him and That's Tommy right. are lock and step. I think if Brad was going to go anywhere, he would have took the opportunity to leave when Russell left. Right. It, it was discussed. He thought about it and he decided to stay. And I think that was once he realized it was players, which he probably knew beforehand, it was players wanting to come play with him. Right. KCP wanted to play with him. They're friends. Dinwiddie signed here because he wanted to play with Brad. Right. It's Brad's team. Yep. Like he is the true alpha dog. Yes, Russell Westbrook said that last year, but everybody knew Russell Westbrook was who people were following. Right. This is Brad's team. And Brad has said repeatedly, the grass isn't always green. Yeah. Yes, I can go to another team, but I'm no longer the guy. Like now I may be third in the pecking order. So I think Brad is here to stay. Tommy built the type of team around Brad that Brad has been asking for. You have a deep team. You have a versatile team. You have a young team. Nobody's over 30 on this team. Right. You have energy. Um, you have what you need. You have what you want. And, and you know he does because you see him out playing defense. Right. Especially like his shot hadn't been falling prior to the last couple of games. What was Brad doing? Playing defense defense that's right last night the most ex- seeing the bench get excited when the team is playing defense how they got excited for Denny Avdia how they got excited for Brad Bill when he beat up Grayson Allen that's a clear sign for me of what this coaching staff is implementing are they going to be locking people down to where nobody's scoring over 85 on them no this is the NBA it's not going to happen making the stops when it matters yep is all you look for. And now they have wings. Then the obvious jump on the defensive end. The defense he's been playing this season, listen, he's doing the little things. Grab rebounds, play defense, make some assists. Hey, man, work on your bucket game. That's okay? Right. We're good. Like, he's been playing defense. Kuzma's been playing defense. KCP comes in as a defensive Trez. player. Trans has been playing. Trans, who couldn't get on the floor because he didn't play defense, is playing defense. So I think the coaching staff came in. They got the players to quickly buy in to what they wanted. Yeah. Tommy did a wonderful job of rebuilding this team. Um, and, and, we'll I, have, and we'll have Troy Halliburton on tomorrow. We'll ask him, don't forget, we got Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura. And Rui Hachimura, who right. hasn't even – we haven't even seen Rui since That's the right. Olympics. Hey, so, show my, uh, hey, give some love to Troy, too. That's my man. I know. I will. Yeah, he's a great friend of the show. He comes on all the time. Love, love Troy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I wouldn't give them – you know, I wouldn't give Tommy and Wes these accolades yet, these awards yet, but I'll definitely put them on a short list. Um, just watching – Watching other games and how teams are playing, yeah, the Wizards are playing like their record states. Yeah, one of the best teams in the league. I don't want to hear about who was in the lineup, who wasn't in the lineup. That that doesn't. Everybody gets paid out here. Okay, the Grizzlies game was their most complete game. Yep, 
and then they backed it up against the Bucks. Yep. That's showing me something about this team. Even in their losses, you was it was a, at least a few moments in that game where you was like, they could have pulled even here, or they could, or they should have won this game. They're not losing games because of coaching, and it's rare they're losing games because of effort. Yep. And they're mm-hmm. playing defense, and that's all you wanted in this team. Like I don't know what the ceiling is for this team, but I know they're going to play hard. They're going to play defense because I've been saying like their defense has been fine this whole season. It's getting the offense to come around to catch up. And now the offense is starting to catch up. I I think this team can be a top six team in the East. Um, if they stay healthy and they continue to improve because this is only, they've only played 10 games with this iteration of this team. And they're still missing two very important pieces because Thomas Bryant is their best offensive weapon at the center position. Right. And Rui Hachimura is very important to their depth and what he can bring to the table. He That's can why do it all. Been, he can do it all. That's why it's been so, so surprising to see Denny step into – Denny is becoming the defensive player we wanted Rui to be. Right. <laughs> right. That's who's Denny becoming. And I think the most important thing – with how this team started, how this season started, they say it almost every Wizards broadcast. Montrez Harrell, when he found out he got traded, he called Wes Unsell Jr. and asked him, what is his role? Yeah. And it feels like everybody knows exactly what their role is when they come into that game. This is your role. This is your role. This is your role. This is your role. And everybody plays their role. Nothing more. Nothing less. They play the role that they were given, and they try to exceed at that. And you can't ask for anything more. Amen. It has it has been almost an hour now, so we will wrap this thing up. Travis, I am going to try to watch hockey again this year. Please <laughs> tell me what I should be doing when I sit down to watch the Capitals. Watch number eight. That's it. Even You're I know welcome. that. <laughs> He's fantastic again this year. It's incredible. Simple, man. Just watch number eight because, honestly, uh, I I mean, I mean this. We will never see this again. And people say about Gretzky, well, you know, Gretzky, hockey was different when Gretzky was playing. You you never saw another Wayne Gretzky. And people say, do you think Ovi will break his record? I don't. But even if he does, I, I got to watch Gretzky. Like, that was amazing. It's the same thing with Ovi. Watch number eight when you watch Caps games. That's it. That's it. Just watch them because we're not going to be able, just like we're not going to see another LeBron. We didn't see another Michael Jordan, even though people have sold us that we have. We haven't. You're not going to see another Alexander Ovechkin. That's the guy to watch, my brother. And isn't it amazing, like, how for granted we fans of D.C. teams have taken Alex Ovechkin. Yes. Like, for the graded, and it's probably because they've only have one cup in his tenure here. Right. But it, it's, it's so amazing. Like, as you were saying, I was thinking like, man, we, we've got to see one of the greatest hockey players yes. play in DC his whole career. And I guarantee most of us have taken that for granted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. He is Travis Thomas. The show the Travis Thomas experience is on the team 980. You can catch it every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon. Yep. 
Travis, you're the best, man. Thanks for stopping by. You guys, you guys are the best. Have me back. <laughs> uh, let's see what we get the second half of this season, man. Hopefully the next time we talk, we're talking about, is it possible to get involved here? Are we looking at a playoff run? <laughs> That's why I love Travis. Keeps you, keeps you excited about the what-ifs, even though it don't feel like it at all. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go eat some lobster bisque. See you guys later. There you go. <laughs> all right. All, all right. right. Yeah, have a good one. All right, guys.